0: How about that cigar? How about that cigar? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Drew Estate Cigar Studios for episode 182 of How About That Cigar Live. Thank you so much for joining us, watching us live on Facebook, live on YouTube. And if you're listening after the fact on the audio podcast, thank you so much for making How About That Cigar a part of your regular Audio podcast rotation. Take just a minute, if you would please. If you're watching live on Facebook or live on YouTube, share us out to all your favorite Facebook cigar groups and uh, let everybody know that we're live. And while you're here with us watching, let us know what you're smoking and drinking along in the comments. Mm-hmm. And we have a great special guest coming on in just a little bit that we're also going to have some very cool, lots and lots of fun with. Absolutely. So, uh, oh, we got to talk about the new Drew Estate blackened m81 (laughs) you got to get that metallica voice in there you do So the Drew Estate Blackened M81 cigar is now available at most Drew Estate retailers and it is an exploration into the deepest, darkest and heaviest depths of the mystical Maduro leaf. Mm. Blackened Cigars M81 by Drew Estate presents a journey through different Maduro leaves starting with a thick and oily San Andreas Maduro wrapper followed by a thick and meaty Meaty. Connecticut River Valley broadleaf Maduro binder, binder and finally a blend of Nicaragua and Pennsylvania Broadleaf Maduro Mm -hmm, mm tobaccos. Blackened mm -hmm. Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is presented in beautiful copper-accented black 20-count boxes and is available in a 5x50 Robusto, 6x52 Toro, 7x50 Corona Doble, and a 5x43 Corona. For more info, please visit DrewEstate.com. All right. So... We're a few days removed from the Vikings game. Yep. Thursday night. Yeah. Thanksgiving. Primetime.
1: And the guy who never wins in primetime. I know. Your guy. He had the primetime game. Yeah. Primetime spot. And he delivered.
0: It was a, and It was another fun game to watch. It was a great um, game. You know, just as, a, just as football fans purely. Mm-hmm. You know, we have our teams, obviously. But we also like to watch good football games with talented players, you know, and uh, a lot of good back and forth. And that was just another entertaining game to watch on both sides.
1: So am I correct in thinking when I was a young boy, there was just one football game on Thanksgiving day and it was either Detroit Lions or the Cowboys that would host?
0: I don't remember. I know that Detroit and Dallas always play on Thanksgiving. I don't remember... And then
1: it went to two, where they both did. Their,
0: yeah, you know. I don't expansion. remember when that started. I think it was maybe uh, when the when the expansion happened in the nineties.
1: Oh, sure. Maybe I I honestly don't really know. Maybe we um, can get somebody super old to uh, remember that. Like uh, Miguel, are you? <laughs> can you chime in on that one? And appreciate it. Miguel's younger than we are. I know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, so and last night. Dude, my Green Bay Packers. Hey. It they they it's were kind com- of
1: a moral victory. They I'll were com-
0: well, they were competitive at least. Yes, they were competitive. Um, and I have to be honest, I've said this to you to you guys before that uh, talking about if if the day comes that Aaron Rodgers gets hurt or the day that Aaron Rodgers retires, which quite frankly should have been last season. Yeah. Um. Jordan Love, I always felt like Jordan Love is not the answer. Now, I'm not going to say him having, you know, what, a quarter and a half of good football last night. Maybe not even a quarter and a half. I didn't. I think he was only in the fourth quarter, maybe. Jordan Love did great, you yep. know, last night. He really did. And Christian Watson is coming into his own. Because, yep. because you know, at the beginning of the season, you look at Christian Watson, who was a star Receiver that they drafted, you know, and we thought, okay, this is going to be the next Devontae Adams. In the first half of the season, we thought, oh, man, this was a bust. This was one of those draft picks that's just a bust. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they gave him time. They let him develop, and he is turning into one very talented receiver. So that's encouraging.
1: Well, Coop uh, comes in clutch again. Detroit always had the Thanksgiving game. Then Dallas added it. Okay. So okay. Um, that's... Uh, in line with my memory which is good I'm not you're not crazy I'm not crazy <laughs> Thanks, um Luke. so I think Rodgers may
0: not return this season
1: I wouldn't be shocked not because either and I, way
0: I'm not saying because the injury because it's a rib injury he yeah. was gonna have an MRI today whether there's breakage or what I don't know but I think he may say you know a couple weeks from now even if it's not a severe injury a couple weeks from now he'll go oh oh that hurts oh I can't yeah. play oh I can't play yeah because he just wants to save it for next season or he just wants to retire and go to Joshua Tree and you know yeah and you know play play some bongos and and, and oh 100% you know, he's
1: going to Jamaica
0: he's going to Jamaica <laughs> Yeah,
1: him and Ricky Williams are going to be hanging he'll, out he'll have braids in his hair <laughs> and <laughs> oh white boy dreads that's gonna be so fun that'll to watch. be
0: that'll be rogers next thing i don't know but it's it'll be it's just you know the the uh, you and i are in that same vein where yep. we don't we don't celebrate uh the downfall of any player or any player or any team yeah it's we we even love what with
1: the rivalry even yeah. with
0: the rivalry we love watching our yes. our our teams play. We love watching our teams win. Yes. But if our teams don't win, then, you know, we're still happy that, you Mm -hmm. know, the other team wins. And, um, it's hard to say, honestly, with the Vikings and the Eagles, whether either one of them are, and I don't want to say legit, because I think they're both legit teams, but I think both teams have some weak spots that they have to figure out. For sure. Um, the, the team that, that really looks great to me, again, on the AFC side, is Kansas City.
1: Yep. Kansas City. They I look think fantastic. Is, I think they're going.
0: Uh, B- Buffalo's also great. Um, they are, but
1: they have been exploited.
0: They've got some weak spots, and they have been picked apart yep. in the last few games. Yep. We'll see how it goes. Yep. Um, the Wild, the Minnesota Woo! Wild have a winning record.
1: What happened?
0: We are above 500 by one game and in, in the NHL. Yeah. And they've, I mean... They've really turned it on. So... And, they're they're scoring more goals. They're still allowing too many. Yeah, but they're scoring. They're starting to score. They're starting to actually put scoring drives together. We'll see if that actually translates to anything later yeah. in the year. But you know, it's it's uh, almost December hockey, and that's when things really start to to drive so we'll see how it goes uh, but i'm excited for this yeah, guest tonight guys we're this is get just it going. we're we're super excited for this and we know you guys are too so get ready with your questions and like i said let us know in the comments what you're smoking and drinking with us so let's bring on our special guest of the evening and as always on how about that cigar live special guests are brought to us by our friends at corona cigar company Corona Cigar Company and Coronacigar.com, the internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. You'll also find unique and limited cigars made with Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, President and Founder of Corona Cigar Company, Jeff borshowitz knew it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, tampa lake mary and a new location coming soon to sarasota to learn more visit coronacigar.com and floridasungrown.com all right ladies and gentlemen if you would please join us and put your hands together welcome to episode 182 of how about that cigar live from Osgener family cigars mr tim osgoner welcome to the show
2: hey guys thanks for having me pleasure to be on
0: Man, this we have been looking forward to yes. this one for a while. So we are so so grateful to have you on, even even in the cold weather. You're wearing. I see you're wearing the beanie. What's what's the temperature where you are at right now?
2: It's not that bad. I mean, it's maybe in the um. What is it? It was in like the fifties about an hour ago. Let me look and tell you what it is right now. Not it's in terrible. The 50s, in the fifty, it's fifty degrees exactly.
0: Oh yeah. That's, that's not fine. That's not bad, but you yeah, got, you fine. still, you got to have that. You got to have that hat on. Cause otherwise it's too much.
2: I have a number of different beanies that I brought <laughs> this, this one, this one in particular I wore cause it actually has uh, this Island of Svalbard on there, which is the further, furthermost Northern is- uh, Island, uh, you can go on the planet. I mean, it's close wow. to the North pole. I was there with, for my 50th birthday with seven other friends and, uh, and it was like a two-week kind of you're on a boat uh you go as far north as you can so that you know that you're seeing ice and you see all these polar bears and it was a two-week thing and on the uh, second to the last day there was a small uh mechanical fire like very small on the boat like you didn't even know it existed it happened at four in the morning there was a slight smell but not that noticeable and then the captain Said, uh, you know, who was Norwegian? He said, "Well, you know, I have smelled this before, and I fainted. You know, ten days later, and and we have to evacuate." And we're like, "What do you mean? There's no." So he called for an evacuation of this boat. So we all had to get in these, you know, orange floaty outfits in
1: You're these.
2: Kidding. No, no, in these in these rafts that they blew up that had a tent over them, and then he said, "I have called the helicopters." I'm like, "What?" So he called. Two helicopters. We had two different, like floaty raft thingies with the floating outfits on that we're wearing, which we could survive twenty minutes in the Arctic. And then a helicopter came. One was eighty. One was like I don't know. One was like eighty yards up. The other one hundred yards up. And this, and, and in our case, this woman came down, and uh, and one by one we got helivaced into the helicopter above.
0: Wow. Happy freaking birthday, right? Dude.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Holy cow.
1: How amazing. Actually, the, the,
2: former, the former mayor of Nashville was on the boat with us. So it made all of the news stations and, and you know, uh, newspapers in Nashville. It even made like, I think, uh, ABC World News or something like this.
1: So was it completely light out or was it completely dark?
2: No, it was light because we did this during the summer.
1: God. I mean, it's oh, wow.
2: still cold up there, right? Yeah. But I right. Mean, it no, no, uh... absolutely.
1: Because I know it was... it's either dark twenty-four-seven or it's light twenty-four-seven, depending on which time of the year you go.
2: Yeah, we right? were there. In, we were there in July, so yeah, so we uh, were lucky. We were lucky that it was it was light. <laughs> but this oh, is a souvenir no. hat from that. I mean, yeah. I, might, I might switch to different hats, and there are different <laughs> stories behind each one of them.
0: Kinda I love like, it.
2: Kind of like cigars. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that's fantastic.
1: That's a great opening. So, yeah, well. so, Tim,
0: as we as, as we get the show started tonight, what are you smoking? Uh, and and if you're pairing a lovely beverage with it, what do you uh, what do you have going on tonight?
2: Yeah. OK, so I have a uh, an Oz Family Cigars. Most people can't pronounce Ozginner. So now we're just we're cool with it being called Oz Family Cigars, you know, which oh, is yeah. kind of like the logo in the center of the band anyway. So I'm smoking one of these. That's a B55. It's a, you know, five and a half by 55 ring gauge. It's made by uh, my friend Ernesto Perez Carrillo in Dominican Republic at Tabacalera Alianza. So I'm enjoying that with a uh, Elmer T. Lee over here. Uh, which, yeah, which, you know, a, a buddy of mine has a uh, uh, has a nice uh, um, I'm almost done with this. So I, I yeah. might need to get some more, but I understand it's like hard to get. So, yeah, whatever, that, it's smooth. So that's is my there, pairing, you, that's my uh, what, pairing what right it?
0: now. That's that's a bourbon. It's, it's a, a bourbon. It's, it's okay. one of the it's one of the most highly sought after hard yeah. to find bourbons out there. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm you know, I love bourbon. I'm getting more and more educated on it. And a buddy of mine has a uh, has a great store uh, called Cool Springs Wine and Spirits. And he also carries cigars in a, in a retail shop called Papa P's. So right. I go to him. I said, uh, you yeah, know, I say, Brett, what you know, give me something that's hard to get.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Love it. Well, I am. I'm gonna get my cigar fired up, uh, and yeah. we're also. I. I. I regret. I don't know the size, but we're smoking uh, the Bosphorus, Um You're smoking. It might be the same size you have.
2: Is it a fifty-five or is it a fifty-four? You might be it's, smoking the Churchillish size.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah, I would life. say it's more Churchillish.
0: Yeah, yeah it's so more it's, maybe six six and a half inch length. Yeah. Yeah. You're
2: close. It's six and a quarter. Six and, six a, quarter and a quarter by fifty-four
0: there you go yeah i picked these up at uh one of our favorite shops here uh sody's uh cigar and pipe um just on friday when i was there i picked these up at sody's
2: and where is uh, that where is sody's exactly
0: so sody's is uh in oak park heights minnesota which mm-hmm. is it's basically Stillwater, minnesota right just a stone's throw from the saint croix river that separates minnesota from wisconsin
2: so yeah. i need to talk i need to talk to you guys after the show my son is a uh fanatic hockey player he's 14 he's oh nice the, he's on the highest level hockey team here in nashville which is the nashville junior predators
0: yeah team. he's playing hockey
2: right now in fact i'm missing i'm missing a game but it's not a big deal game so it's okay 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 but but he wants to go to a uh, he wants to go to a school that specializes in hockey so i'm gonna ask you about a couple in minnesota
0: <laughs> a lot of good stuff up here it's so
2: a level up there
0: it is yeah <laughs> it really is and i I just picked this up yesterday. So I went to uh, Ten Ten Wine and Spirits right on Washington Avenue in yeah. Minneapolis yesterday with Luke, who's one of the owners at Sodis. Because we're we're tomorrow night at Sodis. Uh, I'm helping do uh, tasting. Uh, so with uh, some rye whiskeys tomorrow night. And and while I was there, they had this Wilderness Trail. Yeah. Single barrel Kentucky straight. And they had the price was just too good to pass up So I'm having yeah, my first yeah. pour of it right now. And it's actually very good. It's
2: very good. I've had it. Yeah. My my friend Brett, who has that liquor store, highly recommends that one.
0: Yeah. And the awesome. price, I mean, they had this marked all the way down to twenty four ninety nine.
1: Yeah, it's a good deal.
0: So I just couldn't love couldn't it. Pass it up.
1: But sure. I got to get this lid. Yeah. You you light that up. When lighting your cigar, it is important to be patient, pay close attention to detail and focus on the tobacco in the same way. Steve Saka brings those same qualities to the ultra premium cigars of Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust. Patience, close attention and focus on the tobacco are the qualities that Saka and Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust have become known for. From Sober Mesa to Umbagog, Dunbarton has a blend that will fit your palate, your mood and any occasion. Visit Dunbartoncigars.com to learn more. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there mm-hmm. we go. That's the good stuff right there. Get it. Um, so one of the things that we were excited about, Tim, when we found out everything that was happening in 2022 with you and with our friends at Crown Heads, there's yes. a, there's so much exciting stuff going on. So, and in order to, you know, convey you know the story one of the things is you have to go back so you understand where people are coming from and kind of where where how they got to the place that they are now and that's yeah. one of the things that we love doing on this show. Great. So um and there's there's so many things that we want to touch on because you really you're 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 kind of a, a a man of many hats, you know, pun intended that I've I've read about and and seen interviews from you and uh, interviews from years and years ago with uh interviews that your your dad did for Cigar Aficionado and things like that but you really do have a long history in this business and and also a lot of other things that we find extremely interesting but to start out if you would give our viewers and listeners kind of the cliff notes version of your history and your family history in premium cigars.
2: Yeah, so I mean I did a little bit of uh um uh... I tried to figure out how many years directly or indirectly I've been in the cigar business. And I figured it was 40. And, wow. and the reason is, is that, you know, I'm 52 and I started as a young kid having to earn allowance by helping my dad in the basement of our home in, in that very modest home here in Nashville, Tennessee. And, uh, and my father started the business, uh, you know, he was a mechanical engineer. He went to Columbia and New York, met my mother up there. She was a Fulbright scholar going to bank street college of education. They met at International House. Uh, you know, he's Armenian, she's Turkish. It's kind of like they're not supposed <laughs> to like one another. They fell in love. They eloped. Came down to Nashville. She got her PhD in early childhood development at uh, Peabody School, which is now part of Vanderbilt here. Wow. And then my dad was working at Dupont as an engineer. He loved these pipes that were meerschaum pipes, made in Turkey, which are basically you know small little fossilized crustacea that form into this like porous stone that's highly absorbent he didn't like the way that the shank fit into the stem because typically you would shove in and pull out the stems into the pipes and my father came up with since he was analyzing microfibers for dupont anyway he came up with a thread that you could twist in and twist out the pipe and uh he visited a store in the carolinas he was there for an engineering convention and uh in between he went to this store the guy had multiple stores and, and he said my dad's like I need the pipe tobacco and a pipe cleaner and he took apart the pipe and the retailer was like where would you get that pipe and my dad's like well I made it and the guy said can I order some from you and my dad's like son listen when you're Armenian you never say no to an order how many you want I give you a deal 12 plus 1 right now so then <laughs> so then like people started calling our house in Nashville ordering these pipes they said hey look I understand it has a new fitting I want to make sure it has your initials on the stem your initials on it so my dad went to a hardware store got an electric drill and he would when i was going to bed at night i would hear him downstairs carving his initials which were cao into the shank of the pipe and that's how he became known as cao his his first name was jano but it was spelled c-a-n-o which meant everybody in nashville called him kano and his middle name was aret and last name osgoner and so that's how we got the name CAO. And then that started in 1968. He left DuPont in 77 to get into it full time. We became known as the highest quality Meerschaum. Then we got into cigars around 1990 when, you know, cigar aficionado came out and all these celebrities were smoking cigars, it became more popular. So then we became more of a humidor company with humidors made in Nashville, Tennessee out of solid, you know, mahogany, walnut, cherry, oak. And we would stamp made in the usa on them we were very proud of that that was very important for my father and you know and, and us growing up and uh then we became more of a humidor company and then in 1994 uh you know we made friends with uh, nestor Placencia and carlos taranio and then we got a, a cao uh, cigars introduced in 94. uh initially it was like the cigar boom was in full tilt the cigars weren't very consistent you know they weren't setting the world on fire but then in 1998 we had a cigar out of Costa Rica called CAO Uh Maduro, which did really well for us. And then, and then we kept adding cigar lines. Subsequently, after that, uh, grew the company. Um, I got full time involved in the company around that time, mainly in like kind of, you know, developing the cigars because I was at the time I went to school in uh, uh, in LA college, and I was visiting all these cigar stores over there. And our cigars weren't selling but I, but through that failure i was learning what did sell and so i developed a palette that way and and uh then we sold the business in 2007 we, we didn't we didn't want to sell the business we weren't looking to sell the business but a, a scandinavian tobacco group came then they weren't well known in the cigar business then and um and you know and made up made a uh, an offer we turned it down politely and then they came back a year later and um, and this was around the time that you had like S chip coming into play and a lot of federal legislation threatening the cigar business, and so we said, you know, all of our families, everything is in tobacco, and and we're threatening to get legislated out of the business. Do we turn away this kind of opportunity? And uh, and then we decided at the time that it was best not to, even though I I loved being in the business, and that's why I'm back. Um, and so that's kind of like gives you like in a nutshell, the history of of my family and uh, and how we built CAO.
1: And I know a lot of deals can can be different. Uh, to to just give our viewers and listeners uh, a, a bit of a understanding of when you're sold to a, a big company like STG, um, does that include a, a non compete? Typically. Okay. And in your case, what did that look like? If, if you can talk about that.
2: Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, typically w- once we sold our business, I mean, typically they do include non-competes for at least a period of time uh, and that varies, but, uh, mm-hmm. but they wanted me to be a part of the company. They wanted, uh, um, well, everybody at first was a part of the company. I mean, even all my, my colleagues that, you know, at crown heads were a part of the company because they yeah. kept it in Nashville. They said, we don't want to change much of anything. Uh, they they brought in someone as a chairman to our company that which that was a bit different but not so much different cuz my father was basically in that role and I was you know I was president of the company so um so anyway like you know that that kind of happened and then and then they were like uh, you know then when they merged with Swedish Match then they moved they wanted to move our headquarters to Richmond Virginia and at that point in time they offered everybody in Nashville an opportunity to work for them in Richmond Virginia but I think everybody uh, with our company is so Nashville centric that that was something that, that people didn't want to do. You know, Nashville is kind of a special place. Um, so once you're here, you're, you you want to stay here. Um, but typically for, for me, you know, it was like I had a five year kind of agreement to work with them. And then there was a two year non-compete once that period was up, or if I wanted to leave beforehand and um, I had a great relationship with them. I have really mm-hmm. nothing negative to say about my time with Swedish match or, or SDG
0: yeah and we've heard awesome. the same really Absolutely. from from you know you already mentioned you know the people there because it's so interesting and this is kind of flashing forward and and we'll get there in depth later but you know what you know hearing about uh earlier this year you know you um kind of in a way getting the band back together you know because there's you know john huber had a long history with cao and uh Brian and Miguel and I mean, it's and, and then hearing that you were going to, um, you know, be be a part of that uh, family again. That was that was pretty cool to hear.
2: Yeah, well, like you said, I mean, like. Um, one of the things I realized when I was away was I really kind of underappreciated the, the team and the chemistry and the passion and the love for the product and the business that we all had, um, you know, because during the period that I was away, we started another business, which was a nonprofit uh, business, a nonprofit arts center. And when you do that, I mean, then you realize getting together a team that is cohesive, that gels, that is all kind of on the same page and is passionate about doing what they're doing. And it's really kind of more, more than just about making a living is huge. And it's something yeah. that I took for granted. And uh, it's something definitely that, I mean, these guys, you know, that I worked with before at CAO that are at Crown Heads, they're, they're, not, they're not, I don't consider them work colleagues. I consider them my family. Really. So that's a special, that's a special dynamic.
0: Yeah, definitely. So when we take the space between, like you said, the, you, you left, um, you left the uh, CAO in 2010. And then you had a little bit of a, uh, you know, a period of time where you, you kind of had to be away from the cigar business. But like you said, you started a nonprofit You've been busy with a lot of other things since then. Uh, If you could, I am curious because I always wonder about people in any, when they're in any type of business for a period of time and then they leave it for a while and then they come back, the thought process that goes into making a decision to go back into a former, uh, you know, a, a former passion and a former line of work. So Paint a picture for us of the moment that you knew you were going to re-enter the world of premium cigars. What were some of the catalysts that drove that decision and what were some of the, you know, options that you considered?
2: Yeah, well, you know, my father passed away in 2018 and, you know, he was, you know, he was my best man in, in my wedding. You know, my father and I had a very special relationship where, um, you know, I considered him my best friend. And, uh, you know, for me, always family is first, you know, and I got that honestly from my parents. So as a result, I I have a small family, but we're a very kind of tight knit family. Um, So, you know, when he passed away in twenty eighteen, immediately after that, you know, and we and we started this contemporary art center, we modeled it after art centers that we were inspired by in like Miami, New York, Brooklyn, you know, L.A., those kind of London, those kind of places. And a lot of them we found were like converted warehouses. We had a warehouse too. So that inspired us to go down the path that we're going. And I'm actually very proud to tell you that like, you know, Oz Arts is, you know, in the top three uh, arts, nonprofit institutions in the city that that's getting, you know, top three in funding from the, from the city, because fantastic. They, find that, they find that the art that we're bringing is like very important because we're highlighting like young artists that are living now, not from like hundreds of years ago that are presenting artwork that's that's important and, and you know, vibrant and current in the world that we're living in right now. So you know when he died though, our artistic director, she said, "I'm leaving, basically. And, um, and so that was a real kind of tipping point. And at that point in time, you know, I, I really did believe in what we were doing and the content we were doing was great. So um, you know, we went on a search to try to find an artistic director to replace her. We found one who, by, by just people I knew in, in LA, who was hired by the Disney family to start a similar arts institution to ours in downtown LA, but he had been there for 15 years and he was feeling like it was, it was time for him to move on. And, uh, and so we recruited him heavily. During that period, I talked to, um, to Mike Condor and, and I said, you know, if this guy, I think this guy can not only can he curate for the art, which was mainly performing arts, right. Of different genres. So one month might be dance next month might be music next month might be theater. So on. But I said he, he's also um, he's also super sharp from a fiscal standpoint, so he can run the company too. And if that's the case, that that liberates me to be able to like get back into the cigar business, uh, you know, if that opportunity is there. And then um, you know, Mike and John were both very like enthusiastic about me getting back into the cigar business. So that's one thing that happened. Then the pandemic hit, which kind of like you know uh, elongated that process. But during that period, I was you know, working with a guy who was recommended to me as a career coach, not that I was looking for one, but I just, there was another entrepreneur I admired who was seeing him and and loved him. And he, he uh, made me go through this timeline exercise from like the year you were born to where you are now. It's like the stock market. Was it an up year or down year? And like, why? And if you illustrate a highlight illustrated in the, in, you know, when you're doing this exercise. So I found that when I look back on it, because the whole point of the exercise is to figure out what your sweet spot is, like what gave you a lot of energy and uh, what did people enjoy and react to? And that's your sweet spot. And I found that like when I was doing stuff at CAO during our cigar days, whether it was like Brasilia or MX2 or Sopranos or all these products that we developed that created excitement, those were like peak years for me. So through that exercise and looking back on my life, I could recognize and say, hey, you know what? Um, I need to operate in my sweet spot. And if this is my sweet spot, then just go for it. And anything that I go for, I I give a hundred percent commitment. So Mm -hmm. that's basically what got me to, you know, those, those kind of, those events got me kind of back into the cigar business.
0: Yeah. And I'm curious about the, the art center because I did a lot of reading about this and it looks, and I read so many articles from magazines and, and newspapers and things. And that it, it, it looks like a place that I would want to spend time and I would want to go see mm-hmm. events and, and, you know, uh, showings and performances and things like that. Uh, as far as, as far as your backgrounds, uh, did you, did you study design? Did you study arts? What, how, how did you get into having a deep love for, uh, fine arts and performing arts and things like that?
2: Well, you know, my, uh, my parents, uh, always exposed me to uh, the arts because and my mother was always a big proponent of uh, creativity at a young age since she was in early childhood development. And that's what she got a Ph.D. in because she always feels like whether a a kid goes into uh, accounting or the arts, uh, being exposed to to working things, whether you're making something out of clay with your hands or you're painting something. you're performing uh these are skills that are used to kind of help shape your brain on how you kind of solve complex problems and become more innovative which is what our country is known for creativity yeah so so as a result of that i was i was taken to a lot of i mean the school that i went to was one that kind of uh you know embraced the arts it wasn't an art school but it kind of embraced creativity and outside the box thinking and being innovative and an independent learner. So, you know, and also I went to, I was fortunate enough that my parents would take me to stuff to see that were cultural events. And as a kid, I was like, when can we leave? But I mean, as I got older, (laughs) I appreciated them more. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, and then when I was in high school, I got bitten by the acting bug. And then I was actually, you know, was pretty good at it. And then I would always do, as a young kid, do people's impressions and stuff like this. So then I I wanted to become an actor. And my dad's like, how the hell can you make any money doing that shit? And then I was like, well, okay, look, if I audition and I get into a highly competitive school, then will you support my education? And then he said, well, okay, then I must have some iota of talent. Okay, so um, I auditioned to get into schools in Chicago and I got into uh, Southern Cal, which at the time was, you know, the number three rated you know, school for that in the country. And so then I, I transferred from uh, University of Denver to uh, Southern Cal. And so, you know, I went there and then I, I worked at California Shakespeare Festival as an actor right when mm-hmm. I graduated college. And then I, I even fell into doing like stand up and improv comedy, not because that was something I wanted to do. It was just because, you know, quite frankly, I was losing my hair. And then someone was like, hey, you're funny you know you do get into the comedic side and i was like all right so i got into improv comedy i got into stand up comedy and and actually i was doing pretty good at it i met with jeff foxworthy's agent and he said well you know you'd be on the road for 10 years and then come back to la and then but at that point in time i'm like i don't want to live that kind of a life yeah and uh, and at that same time while i was doing all that i was visiting cigar stores during the day and you know our cigars like I I mentioned before, weren't setting the world on fire, but I always was driven to be successful just because I had two immigrant parents that worked their tails off. And I was like, okay, you know, Matt, what would it take to sell in your store? You know? And you'd be like, Tim, I like you. You're a nice guy. Try that cigar and that cigar and that cigar, that flavor profile selling you need to look like this. It needs to, you know, be box pressed or whatever. And if you, Bring me a product that's just like that, but if it was a buck cheaper, I'll sell your product all day long. So then I would go to like Central America and figure it out, and then come back a year later. I'd be like, Matt, you mean this is this is what you're talking about? (laughs) And then he'd be like, Oh shit, now I got to buy from this kid, you know. So that's that's how I kind of got into the
1: cigar business. Nice. So I don't know if if people realize. The, the dream team that came out of CAO pre-STG. Like, just all the rock stars that 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 came out. Obviously, we love Miguel Schodell to death. Um, he's a rock star. Miguel has been a wonderful friend, not only yeah. to us on the show, but personally as well. Uh, Mickey Pegg, John Huber, I mean to see the, the ripple effect that CEO truly created in the cigar industry needs to be mentioned and, and talked about. Yeah. Tim, can you give us one or two <laughs> awesome stories of uh, a Miguel and early Miguel and early Mickey Pegg and early Huber? Embarrassing but, yes. stories,
0: goofy, grab ass, embarrassing us, stories. Give
1: us a little something. something. <laughs> I know you got. I know you got something.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, look. Uh, you know, John wrote a letter um, to my father, and it was like around Christmas, around this time of the year, when I was still in in L.A. and I I came to visit them during the holidays, and my father said, "I got this uh, note from a, a guy who." we had an article, a small article written on us in the local newspaper when we first started CAO Cigars. And basically it was a very nicely written letter saying, you know, Hey, um, I just moved here, but I think my passion is cigars. I just love the product and I would love to work for you in any capacity. So my dad's like, what do you think? And I said, well, listen, I mean, uh, I mean, if you find somebody that went to the effort of going out of their way to write this like one page letter that, like is so well written, and you know he's obviously very passionate about about cigars. I mean, that's the kind of employee that could be a long term employee. Is someone that like is passionate about what it is that we're doing. So we uh, we gave him a shot, and then we hired him. And at the time, we had a shipping manager position that was open. And then uh, after a few months, my dad's like, "This is not working." <laughs> 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 he is. He is, I think, the worst shipping manager in the history <laughs> of shipping managers. Things are going to the wrong places. And so I was like, "It's like, what the hell do you want to do? I mean, what are you good at? And then he said, uh, he goes, well, I, I really like uh, marketing. And I want to like, I like talking to the consumers and the retailers. And at the time, there was no Facebook or nothing. There was like chat room boards. and." Yeah. and Email. There was email. So he would email customers or, or consumers and like, you know, whatever, build relationships that way, um, you know, which, you know, obviously he's he's still really good at now. Um, yeah. But uh, but that's kind of how John and then eventually John became our chief marketing officer. So that was kind of like the background story of John.
1: I uh, love it. I do
2: have evidence of John wearing a tie and having straight hair. What? Oh, yeah. Wow. It exists. Oh, in the ether. but anyway, and then uh, Miguel was, um, I would, you know, we would go and do these big smokes in um, at the time there were just more than just Vegas and, and, uh, and Florida. I mean, they had them in, uh, they had them all over. They had them in Chicago. They had them in like, you know, New York, New York ones were awesome. Um, they had them in like, they even had one in, uh, I don't think they had one in Minneapolis. They had one in Detroit. I remember, but anyway, I remember going to the ones in Chicago and there was this guy who would hang there with his wife like and he would like hang there i mean he would hang in our booth he'd be there but he was always a very memorable guy just because he was so um he was so pleasant and nice and in a way that was a very kind of i don't know in a very kind of i mean he was a he was a, a contemporary modern guy but his mannerisms and the way that he treated people was very old school which yeah. i really thought was cool you know i thought it was like really nice that here's a guy who is understands respect, you know? And, 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 uh, and his wife was awesome. His wife was so nice and, uh, and it was Miguel. And, um, and I remember like, you know, probably Miguel was like, Hey, you know, if there's ever any opportunity, I don't specifically remember any, you know, one, uh, intense conversation we had about that. But I mean, he mentioned it enough to the degree that I remembered it. And then when we were, Hiring a sales team, I said, you know, I really think that Miguel is a really engaging guy. I think that part of being, I think, really good at sales is you just have to be likable. I mean, people, because yeah. you're mm-hmm. they're buying the product in part because they like you, right? right. Yep. So, I mean, like, I'm like, I find him like very difficult not to like. So <laughs> we brought him down to, you know, and he was probably the least experienced guy at first when we hired him. But of course, he ended up doing great. And, and you know, he's mm-hmm. still... He's still the same. He's still the same guy that he was when I met him. I mean, he's still very respectful. He's very. I mean, you know, he's got those same qualities to his credit. He didn't. Um, he didn't let success go to his head, which I give him a lot of credit for, because that can happen when you kind of, you know, when you when you rise up um, amongst the ranks. So that's kind of that's kind of Miguel's background. <laughs> Love it. You might have asked me a third one, Mickey. Oh gosh.
1: <laughs> I mean, there's so many stories that I won't tell <laughs> I you I have so many stories and I've only worked but with Mickey for a year but I mean,
2: but I mean that, that Mickey will be like Mickey right now would be sweating
0: <laughs> these are the stories I, mean, I can't even need. think
2: there's so many great stories I mean every day Mickey had some comedy around Mickey yeah you know? <laughs> So, I mean, but Mickey was like my, uh, you know, when he was in Nashville, I mean, we became very good friends and he was like a brother to me. So, obviously, I love Mickey. I mean, I can't, I, I, you know, I had so many good times with Mickey. He is he is uh, an awesome character.
0: So He's hilarious. Do it. If anybody yeah, has
1: mean, the opportunity <laughs> to be with Mickey on the road, you absolutely need to do it.
2: Yeah. Oh, God. Well. I'm trying to think of a story that I will tell you that Mickey won't call me after and say, "You, you bastard."
1: <laughs> well, while you're thinking, I'll tell I'll tell a quick one. I was doing an event with Mickey down in Ames, Iowa, and uh, this shop, English Bulldog, has a bourbon bar right next door, which is fantastic because uh, the wait staff will come over and take orders and bring it to people in the cigar lounge. It was perfect, and they have this custom. Um, mixed drink called the English Bulldog after the cigar bar. Mickey fell in love with it. And he's probably like seven, eight of these deep. And he basically just got that was on in, That was in the first That's, hour. Right. That's, That's all. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's all? <laughs> yeah, right.
0: That on cute.
1: the way home, so we had a drive from Ames, Iowa to Minneapolis, Minnesota. And uh, it's like a three and a half hour drive. On the on the drive, he gets in the car. He's obviously had some, and he's like, "All right, who should we call? Who should we call? Let's call Skip." So we call Skip Martin. (laughs) Talk to Skip for a while. Then he's like, "All right, let's call Boofy," and we he just starts asking like like all these industry people, and it's like one in the morning Central, (laughs) you know. And he's like, "We got to call people on the West Coast. Who do we?" And it was just who should we call? He was like all about the drunk dial and it was <laughs> awesome. Love, love that guy. And he remembered none of it the next day. Some of it, but some yeah. of it only the important stuff. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was good times.
2: I um, mean, you know, the one, the one thing I'll say is that sometimes you'd, <laughs> you'd go, mm, what's my temperature? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Do you have a fever? And he'd be like, what's my temperature with the people in the office? I'm like, dude, who? (laughs) Does this man have a fever?
0: If he has a cold.
2: He is always asking what his temperature is with me. I mean, look, I told him, listen, I have a low immune system. If you have a cold, do not come. I don't care. I don't care your temperature if it's normal. But if you have a high temperature, you stay up.
1: <laughs> oh shit! Oh gosh! Did your did your father have a great sense of humor? Unfortunately, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he totally
2: had a great sense of humor. Awesome. <laughs> so you know, Mickey Mickey would call our salesmen uh, rhinos at one point in time because we had all these like at one point in time we had all of our salesmen were kind of like you know. I wouldn't say Mickey clones because that's impossible. But they were like sturdy dudes, right? So <laughs> Mickey, Mickey called them. Mm, they're like my herd of rhinos. So <laughs> we were, we were one day. We went to some sort of like art gallery that my my father loved art, right? So he painted the last ten years of his life. So he went to this one art gallery, and what do we see there? And this is like the week before. A sales meeting, which was we would have typically around end of year, you know, because retailers they don't want to see the sales guys; they 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 want to sell, and you know, so that's when you would have your sales end of year sales meeting or whatever. So right before then, here, here we are. This argument, this big painting of a rhino. So my dad's like, "It is a rhino. We have to get it for Mickey Peg." <laughs> so- <laughs> I bet you Mickey still has that rhino. I don't know if it's in his garage or where it is, or oh, if he's cool. No it. But uh, but Mickey was so proud of that rhino painting. He's like, it's like <laughs> my rhinos.
0: <laughs> You'll never forget it. I love it. Um, one of the things I'm curious about, because obviously um your dad was a huge m- mentor for you. Mm-hmm. But outside of that you know, there, there were probably some other people uh, outside of people we've already mentioned that were big mentors to you in the cigar industry, whether it, whether it was business or blending or selling or relationships or whatever it may be, who were, who were a couple other people in the industry that just hold a special place in your heart still that, that really gave you good advice?
2: Well, I think that a lot of it had to do with, um, I mean, certainly, I mean, listen, I mean, I've got uh, uh, the colleagues that I work with now, uh, you know, John Huber and Adam Shepard and and Mike Condor were were all very kind of, you know, impactful guys on my life. And uh, we went through a lot of different circumstances together that that made us closer. So I think that there was a lot that I learned from there. There was a lot that I learned just from the whole experience. I think, Garrett, you might have mentioned it earlier through the whole kind of you know, when you're dealing with a large European company and, and, you know, mm-hmm. getting into that scenario, I, I did go to meetings in, you know, in, in Amsterdam and in Copenhagen. And, uh, there was a lot I learned from those experiences. Um, so I feel like that I learned for me aggregate with it aside from the people that were at CAO from a lot of these experiences that I went through, certainly working with Charlie Tarano and his father, Carlos Tarano. um, I learned a lot from them. Uh, You know, Nestor Plasencia had a relationship with him and his and his sons uh, for forever. So, you know, I learned a lot from them. I've enjoyed Mm -hmm. my relationships with, you know, uh, you know, when Rocky Patel and I get together, we're always like he's like a brother to me. So we always yuck it up and have a good time.
1: And I heard uh, you do a, a pretty mean Rocky impression.
2: Yeah, we do a nice rocky impression. I got the Christmas tree behind me because I have a Christmas tree blend, red light blend, green light blend, yellow light blend. I got a blend blend. I got a pinky blend. I got a ring finger blend. I got a middle finger blend. Blend 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 blend. I got a jingle bell blend that follows the song. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle <laughs> hello, the way I blend. The one size each. The shake of a so hot. do die and go to heaven. Yeah, oh, so geez. in my case, there, there are a lot of uh, uh interesting characters in the cigar business.
1: Yeah. Well, and there's also a story of you and Brian McGee in Louisiana.
2: Hmm mm-hmm yeah we were there doing a uh crawfish boil event and uh we were with uh my friend renee Girard, who i love in uh lafayette louisiana and, and he, he's serious about his crawfish boil blends so we didn't want to be late and then of course mcgee gets this massive flat tire he has to like change the flat tire on the side of the road and so that was that was that story i'm sure that he can animate it and and fill in the blanks more than i can but i just remember that he had a big flat tire and he was somehow more stressed about it than I was, you know. So I mean, <laughs> we made it. We made it. Renee, of course, gave him a hard time because yeah, you know, that's what Renee does, you know. So
0: well, I've got a question, sad. and I'm pretty sure I'm trying to we had we had George Brightman on the show a couple of months ago.
2: Dude, and <laughs> get this. <laughs> did George did George Brightman go like this? Yeah, I guess you yeah. are.
0: Yes. yes
2: Yes. he's like a blowfish he'll like hold something I'm like what are you doing he'll be like
1: Garrett, Garrett does the same thing he always has yeah I do I do a little bit of the blowfish every once in a while
2: yeah I mean I so yeah I, I knew George very well George came to Nashville <laughs> one time and spent like a full week down here and I think it was just so that he could go out to eat with me and my dad every night <laughs> <laughs> and not and, yeah. and and not pay because <laughs> <laughs> he was so with George, Cigar he was famous for that. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, George had a question that he said we had to bring up to you when you were on, oh, and God. and I, this the I don't know. It's not even a question. It's just a uh, it's it's just a uh, a statement. He said, "Ask him about the skit series with Cigars International." Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, 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 yeah. And that was when I visited Cigars International um, before ST got it, and they, they made me, like, answer the phones as if I was, like, one of these manufacturers and, like, you know. Oh, shit. Yeah,
0: <laughs> right. So you would answer it was, as like, Rocky or answer as Yeah, 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 some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. That's and awesome. I would answer, like, Carlos <laughs> 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 I was I
2: was smoking a cigar and... <coughs> Because you would always fall asleep. When you would talk to Carlos Taranio, you never knew when he was going to fall asleep. So he'd fall asleep, and then Charlie would be on the other line, and he would have to call his dad on his cell phone saying to someone in the office, wake up my dad. <laughs> He's snoring on the other, <laughs> other oh, line.
0: Oh, shit.
1: Oh, I, you oh. know, there's obviously uh, no end to the stories that, that you could tell. <laughs> but to bring it back around to cigars... Um, <laughs> Yeah, we are a cigar show after all. We love to have a good time, but we do want to give the consumers just a little bit. Um, When you decided to do Oz Family Cigars, we obviously heard about some of the people you decided to partner with and the factories and all of that. Take us through what was your part of the blends? What was important for you in putting out a product with your name on it?
2: Well anything that you want to do that has your name on it, you, you want to make sure that it's a, uh, it's something that you're proud of. Um, when we were, when I was doing this at CAO, we became at that time, you know, the ratings that you would get from a magazine like cigar aficionado were very important because, you know, it would, it would, uh, um, it would lead to immediate kind of sales. So, I mean, I remember kind of thinking, who's rating this? How are they coming up with all these descriptives like hint of orange peel or like anise? I mean, anise, I know what it is, but in Nashville, it has a different meaning. That's just <laughs> really
0: more earthy.
2: I was like, okay, i got <laughs> to switch, switch my hats now. So, you know, I was like, okay, Um, you know, I learned that that what they were doing was they were like, you know, they were tasting all of these other food combinations that informed their palate. So I was like, I'm going to do the same thing. So I started like getting into like chemistry and different kind of combinations of spices, foods, different things I would eat so that I got a more refined palate. And also, you know, at CAO, we were like, you know, some people call this United Colors of Benetton or the UN of, toba- of, of cigars because because <laughs> we use like 41 different tobaccos from 21 different regions. You know, so like if it's Nicaragua, we're using like four or five regions. But if it's Cameroon, it's one region, for example. So I really got into the exercise of, you know, one time I brought James Suckling with me to, to Honduras because we were working with factories in Hondur- Honduras, Nicaragua and Dominican. And we had a conference room table with just puros of all all the tobaccos we were using. So if it was an Italian, like Viso, we would have an Italian flag and the Italian tobacco there. And then it would be like, I think it was like a four inch by 30 ring gauge or something. I think that's right. Uh, Cigar. That was almost like you taking a sip of wine or whatever. And so that, and that exercise was so that you knew exactly what the spices tasted like in your spice cabinet. So that when you're talking with them about blending stuff, You're just not somebody that's, you know what I mean? You're active in the process of blending. So I really kind of got into that. So when I would go down to the factories in those three countries, it would be, I would be there for two days. But the two days I was there, it was intense smoking. One day, I remember, afternoon, um, I didn't smoke wholly, but I lit 90 different cigars. And then the last one, I remember I had to catch a flight back to Houston and I actually got uh, nicotine poisoning because i smoked you know we we're talking about like smoking like maybe like i don't know an inch and a half 2 inches each and then you're done you move on to the next one you have carbonated water to clean your palate but this one tobacco i'd smoked was like tobacco that was from a field that we had visited like that week you know so lesson learned but um yeah. but you but you <laughs> learn from that and then you have a sensory memory that you take notes and you and you memorize all of that stuff and and then aggregate by just you doing it for a long period of time or being that intensely involved in it, you just pick up stuff. But in addition to that, I also feel it's important to, um, you know, there's a lot of parallels between like, you know, you know, cigars, wine, food, bourbon, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I just kind of am very open-minded about what, uh, what I'm going to be trying, whether it's, you know, cigars, or now I'm really into cooking during the pandemic right before it, Mm -hmm. I got into it. So I'm really into like nuance of you know how long you cook what at you know what food at what temperature what spices are you lose are you using you know what are you what are you doing to, you know beforehand because these little nuance of details can make a difference in the flavor so yeah. I think that that has a carryover effect in cigars so I feel like also that you know I have a palate that is a more refined kind of palette for cigars. Um, I don't know if that answered your question. I might have gone off into a different direction with that.
1: No, absolutely. Um, we were just talking about, you and, know, it, what and it's important. all good info. Yeah, it is. Yeah, um,
0: but but I think we want to know kind of. So for this this blend in particular, the Bosphorus, um, what 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 did you want uh, smokers to get out of the blend? What was there a certain demographic of smokers you were? going after or did you want something that anybody novice or expert could could reach for it and find a smoke that that they could stick with
2: so before i had uh left the cigar business there was a little bit of a trend going towards uh stronger cigars right and i had found that you know You can deliver a stronger cigar, but if you don't ferment the tobaccos 100% Mm -hmm. to their capacity, then they will hold more nicotine. Yeah. And some wrappers, you know, are going to have a higher nicotine content because of the pH from the soil, right? So um, if you choose to under ferment a wrapper, then is it going to have a tight carbon ring on there? Probably not. Will it have more nicotine? That's that you're getting from it. Yeah. Um, will that make you feel a bit more, say, sweaty, lightheaded? Have to go to the bathroom right away. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but uh, I actually don't like that. What I like is I like a cigar that has a lot of flavor, and I want the maximum amount of flavor that you can derive out of each leaf so when it came to uh introducing a new cigar back into the business um we were looking for a cigar that was and i like more uh fuller bodied fuller flavored things generally whether it's wine or bourbon you know i kind of tend towards that Um, i appreciate milder milder um milder categories too But, you know, if I had to, you know, say what's the one thing you want, it would be that. So we wanted to do something that was medium to medium plus and very complex. So uh, in this case, you know, the wrapper that we had first introduced was um, Sumatra Ecuador or Sumatra seed grown in Ecuador wrapper. And there was two binders on uh, the Bosphorus blend, which we had never done at CAO. And at CAO, we tried everything we didn't care as long as it tasted outstanding and the quality was a quality we would we would try it um so one of the binders on this is a um is a connecticut seed ecuador the other one is from jalapa nicaragua now what what's the benefit of two binders it burns a little slower so you're getting a bang for your buck which i like that we were always a big value for money approach at cao which i like that in anything um so we liked that. And also there was an additional kind of layered richness that you get from the smoke, too. A little bit more of a, a slower kind of wafting kind of sensation as you bring it upon your palate that I liked. And then the fillers are also three different regions from Nicaragua that I that I really enjoy. One of them is Esteli, which that's where all the factories are. It's got an asphalt black soil because it's you know, the, it's such a volcanic kind of, you know, high and high in clay uh um soil that's over there and it delivers like tobacco that's like you know got a lot of like spice and black pepper white pepper which i like and then jalapa is so good you can smoke it on your own mm-hmm. um when i did all those Purito blends jalapa was one that is a standout just because i mean you literally just can smoke jalapa from one farm from you know one stalk of the plant and it's fantastic Um, and then the other one is Omotepe, the volcanic island, Mm -hmm. which surprisingly on its own, I don't like that much, but when you combine it with the tobaccos, it combines quite nicely. So it's more like a petite Verdot grape. So, um, so that's, what's in the blend. Ultimately we wanted to deliver a blend that, and also I like, I like box press cigars. Uh, You know, I, I like this five and a half by 55 ring gauge because when you cut it and you, and you intake it, it coats your palate immediately and it's like and i like a cigar that starts off like with a statement like beethoven's 5th and then it settles down yeah. so that's what we were kind of trying to to go for with the with the cigar
0: well and i like cuz i had smoked the shorter uh, whatever the smallest size is i had smoked it within the last few months and i actually like this bigger one better not just because i get more of the cigar but it really it it gives the blend to me at least it gives the blend more time to really, uh, to really warm up and get into yeah. its you know to go through the first act and the second act and the third act and really, um, really kind of hit that because it's I'm just about to the band now, and um, there is a there is a lot of nice what I'm getting is you know complexity I'm getting a lot of different things aroma wise retrohale wise. Uh, and, and on the palate as well, there's spice, there's sweetness, there's earthiness. There's a little bit of uh, herbal, maybe floral thing that I'm getting every once in a while that kind of hits my nose. So I like, I appreciate the fact that there's, um, there's complexity to it. And it, uh, I think everything in the end in the blend marries nicely and it goes great with this bourbon.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Well, you know, look, I, a lot of people that are enjoying cigars. I mean, that's part of the other reason why um, I missed the cigar business and wanted to get back into it is I feel like that that it's a band of brothers. I mean, we all have an appreciation for the product and the nuance of taste, and we also appreciate all the things that go with it. And yeah. it's sometimes I was talking to uh, I was talking to a, a group of cigar lovers the other day, and. Uh, sometimes it's hard to describe that to those that don't understand cigars yet or are not cigar smokers or cigar connoisseurs. Mm -hmm. Like you can't, it's the cliche, you can't knock it till you try it, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. And so, but, but those that do, and that's another beautiful thing about cigars and, and about like, what's the, the message behind our, um, you know, our new, our new brand is that even though like, you know, my mother and father, because it's it's really kind of our family history and story. Even though my mother was is Turkish, my father was Armenian, and that was kind of like a forbidden love because you know there's such kind of a, um, uh, animosity between those two cultures right. that um, that they they were married for 55 years and and developed a life here in the states. Yeah. And uh, the feeling is is that cigars also uh, are a way that bring people together. Uh, no matter what their background is, we can at least sit down and talk about cigars, or talk about the taste or the pleasure we're getting from them.
1: Doesn't matter if you're a Montague or a Capulet. <laughs> there
0: you right. go. That's right. I love that.
1: I too went. Uh, <clears throat> I too did a uh, season with uh, Shakespeare in the Park here in the Twin Cities, <clears throat> and uh, so I have a love for Shakespeare as well. Yeah, same here. It's so. What's
2: it's, your um, What's your favorite? Um, did you have to? ever do like a um, monologue or is there a character that, that you liked or, or, or any sort of play that is your favorite?
1: When it comes to Shakespeare, um, <clears throat> I'm actually – I'm a lover of the sonnets. Um, oh, those are good. But uh, from a play standpoint, Much Ado About Nothing would be my favorite. That's a good one. I like that one.
0: Mine is a, mine is a toss up between. So if it's going to be, if it's going to be on stage, uh, I love Cory Alanis. Mm. Mm. I, I have, popular
1: opinion. And I, I love
0: it. I absolutely love that. But if it's going to be if on film I, and I, it's funny cause I was on somebody else's podcast last week and we were talking about, we happen to be talking on this podcast about uh the lord of the rings but they were they happen to ask about favorite movies and my number one favorite movie of all time is the 1989 uh henry V that kenneth brown and i did uh, i have mm-hmm. i think it was a great i mean kenneth adaptation brown, of Thompson. that of that of that uh yeah. shakespeare piece so i i love it
1: mm. mercutio mercutio
2: is a good character i did yeah. a uh yeah, I did a uh, monologue from of Iago the the villain from oh, yeah. uh yeah. Othello, he has some really great monologues. I love yes. uh I love a lot of these Shakespearean monologues. Of course, you know, uh, Hamlet has some amazing monologues too. But I yeah. thought that I-, I thought Iago from Othello has some outstanding monologues. So, I you know, I love this one that I would do of that. But yeah, I, I you know, I like Shakespeare too.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Um, so, you know, getting everything launched in 2022, uh, it's been, been a whirlwind of a year, I'm sure do as you, you know, we're coming to the end of the calendar year. As you look back at the launch and how everything has gone this year, do you feel like you met or exceeded the goals that you had for, for everything so far this year?
2: Well, look, I mean, you don't know when you're, I mean, I had no kind of, you know, I just wanted to put myself back out there. When you put yourself back out there, there's a bit of a, you know, a risk component to that. But, you know, given the fact that that um, I'm a believer in, you know, you just got to you got to do it, you know, then you just put yourself out there and do the best you can. Um, You know, when I when I went to the trade show, I didn't my expectation was I didn't really have any expectations. Mm. Um, I mean, you know, you have some people that that uh, um, that said, "Oh, well, you know." I mean, it's of course uh, there are people that are new in the cigar in the cigars, as it should be, as you want that are not going to know anything about you know me or my family or our background. That's fine, and then there's some that that will. But I will say that the reception that I got at the trade show was was much better than I thought it would be. Um, so that actually exceeded my expectations. And then the reception that we gave that cigar size that, that you were referring to earlier, Matt, the, um, which was the, um, 50 ring gauge four by 50, which is more like a Rothschild. And, uh, you know, people, people reacted very positively to that. And, um, and then we had another cigar that was a limited edition run that was inspired by one of my father's kind of, you know, painting themes uh, that was called the pie synesthesia. And people loved that one too, based on the color yellow. Yeah. And so, and so based on that, I mean, the, um, you know, we, we took a lot of orders on them and I think that therefore that kind of exceeded my expectations on the reception that I got from the trade show. And that just kind of goes back to show the, the nice side of the cigar business is that there is this kind of, um, there was this kind of, um, really nice, genuine, um, kind of welcoming vibe that I got from everybody at the trade show. You know, yeah. this is from retailers and this is from the manufacturers, um, you know, and then I, and then I've gone and done events with, with uh, you know, different stores and consumers. And that's been nice too. Um, you know, part of it is like that quote that uh, Steve Jobs famously said that the journey is the reward. I mean, you know, it's a journey, everything's a journey. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of, um, You know what I mean? Putting myself out there and going and going with the flow, and and trying to apply um, all this aggregate knowledge that I've had of my forty years of being in and out, and even when I was out, even when I was out the last, you know, ten to thirteen years, I wasn't out out. You know what I mean? Because I was still like kind of with my friends at Crown Heads. I would get cigars from them whenever. You know.
0: Yeah. So. As the journey continues into 2023 and you look at uh, at the year coming up, what are your hopes for, uh, you know, seeing this thing continue and and grow and develop?
2: Well, look, I think we're at the beginning, you know, just at the beginning of it, you know, because, you know, we had this, uh, you know, I think it's important, the, the story behind what you're doing is important too, you know, so I yeah. think that the story of like this, Meaning like, you know, my mother being from Istanbul, this is Istanbul, my father from Armenia, them meeting in New York, eloping, and then building a life in Tennessee. You know, in the boat, and there's a boat in the middle that represents the journey. That's a story that continues to need to be told. To More people need to know it. So I feel like that it's my job to go out there and tell the story now that we have a cigar that, you know, we're super proud of. And we want to get it into as many different people's uh, palettes as possible. Yeah. So that's going to be part of the, I mean, we, we just, the whole thing was uh, put it out there, see how people react to it, um, and then go out and promote it, but promote it at a very kind of grassroots level where I'm going and talking to people where they're at. And yeah. then, and, and now the next thing will be, you know, how can we kind of amplify that message? Um, Definitely. so I think that's going to be kind of what it's going to be about next year. Um, you know, I think we'll, we'll, we're looking at coming up with a, another, uh, blend that kind of complements the Bosphorus kind of, you know, illustrates my mother's background on her side. And we're going to come up with one that illustrates my father's background in his side. So that'll be some, that's something we're working on actively right now. Um, that we hope to introduce sometime next year. And, uh, so then we'll have like two different kind of blends out there um, to talk about and to get people to
1: try.
0: Fantastic! Awesome! Yeah, it's exciting. So we're looking forward to 2023. Yep. But right
1: now, well, real quick, okay, TPE.
0: Oh yeah, are you are you going to be at TPE in uh, February?
2: We're going to be at TPE in February, and that's okay.
0: That's hopefully where we would.
2: Uh, release this other uh, extension that I was kind of referring to.
1: Oh, fantastic. Awesome. We're it. kind of targeting towards. Yeah. Looking forward to looking that. Looking forward
0: to that. So Garrett, is mm-hmm. it time? <gasps> I think it is time. Are you sure? Positive. All right. It is now time for this week's numero, numero de, los de los muertos. And as always numero de los muertos is brought to us by our friends at smoke in All right. Numero de los muertos episode one eighty two. Garrett, what do you have for
1: us this week? All right, this week, our number comes from the United States of America. On average, sixty people a year die from this. United States. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, Tim, so we play this twenty question this this morbid twenty questions game with Garrett every week. Mm-hmm. So you and I get to ask yes or no questions, trying to narrow down what this week's number is, is 60 in the United States, 60 people a year die from this. Um, 60,
2: and always, 60 I'm sorry, is it 60% or 60 people?
1: 60 people 60 total people. on average Whoa. every year die from this. Uh, and as always, viewers
0: and listeners are not viewers or sorry, not listeners, because you're listening after the fact, but Live viewers, if you have guesses, leave them in the comments, and yeah. we'll we'll play along. Mitchell,
1: it is not disease related. Ah. it is not getting trampled on Black Friday. Oh, that's that's a good is guess. It, time is year. it is
2: it accident is it accident related?
1: Oh, good question. It would be considered an accident. Yes. Okay. Skydiving. It is not skydiving. Um.
0: Are they workplace accidents?
1: They can be, they but can be. Yeah. Um, Vehicles are not involved. Mitchell is learning. He is, is learning the very, questions to ask. Very
0: well. Rollerblading. That's a good guess. It Excellent. is a
1: great guess, but it is not rollerblading.
0: Mm.
2: Is it. Um-
1: not choking choking not on food choking. nope it is not christmas that's, that's
0: actually that's actually a good guess that's it is very good guess
1: yep i did do christmas lights one year i want to say that's like a hundred people a year die from that um
2: is it from uh, um uh chimney fires
1: no sir Um,
0: is, is water involved?
1: Water is not involved. Okay. Is smoke involved? Smoke is not involved. Is it a form of crushing or force trauma? No, it is not. Um.
2: Is it, uh, is it skiing?
1: It is not skiing um, or anything snow related. So, no sledding. Are poisons involved? No poisons.
0: Um, is it men, women, or both?
1: Both. So, Mitchell, it is electrocution but I'm going to ask for something more specific. Oh.
2: Um. Sorry, Garrett, you said it is electrocution, but it's what? Correct.
1: But I'm looking for something more specific, not Christmas light related.
2: Is it, um, is it by, by uh, in, in the bathtub when you have uh, electricity falling in the bathtub? No, sir. Not Is by touching indoors? a touching a socket.
1: Nope. Indoors
0: or outdoors. Either. Either. Okay.
1: Ooh, death penalty. Death penalty. That's a good one. No, That's a
0: good guess. Is
1: um, changing? Are changing a light. Cars bulb. involved. No. No vehicles. No vehicles. Okay. What's that, Tim? Changing a light bulb. No. That's a good one too.
0: Um is it just like people do trying to do like electrical service on their own house like nope. change a light fixture or something like that? Nope. Okay.
1: Um no nope, not hmm. fixing a car. No vehicles involved. Hmm. This is
0: going to sound like a stupid question, and I do have an explanation why I'm making why I'm asking this question. Mm -hmm. Does it have anything to do with elevators?
1: It does not.
0: And I'll 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 say real quick why I'm asking that because when I was a kid, long I won't give the full story, but there was an I was very young, and there was my family and I. We were by an elevator. It was a freight elevator backstage at a theater, and there was a button panel there. And one of the buttons was missing, and it was just a hole. And, of course, I'm, like, <laughs> seven or eight years old. What a, what do what seven or eight-year-olds do when they see a hole in the wall? They stick their finger in there. I stuck my finger in there, and I got shocked very badly. So,
1: oh. yeah. Uh, it is not yep. like, light- and water is not involved.
0: Hmm. How else do you get electrocuted? Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Mitch, it can happen in your house. I agree, Tony. That explains
0: a lot. Yeah, I agree. Tony, hears, that does explain a lot. Yes. I actually have been electrocuted. A couple times. A couple times. In my No lie. I've been electrocuted a couple times in my life and hospitalized
1: yeah. for it. <laughs> um, All right. First, uh, first clue. Yeah. Are we ready? Yeah. This is uh, used usually to calm somebody down.
0: Oh, is it uh, a heating blanket?
1: No. Electric blanket? Mitchell San with the answer. Taser? Taser.
0: Oh, wow. Whoa,
1: people die from it? Here's the here's the scary part. So anybody who knows about going through uh, Police Academy post or sometimes Special Forces military will have to go through a part where they are actually tased. And usually on the same day, you're gassed and and everything. Um, About 25 post officers and military personnel die from that experience. Holy cow. And the other statistic goes for people who are being tased by police officers. or, Or other... Yeah. So... It is tasers. Don't tase me, bro. Yeah. Holy cow! Which uh, it, it's funny. <laughs> I was a uh, armored car driver for a while, and my partner, this old Vietnam vet, he, in addition to his sidearm, also carried a taser. Okay. Which I thought was a little over the top. Whatever. When <laughs> you know. But he would have fun just tasing knees of. <laughs> All of us, and so I got tased on a weekly basis. Oh, in, brother! In the knee, and uh, I, I don't think that's in the danger zone of being uh, heart attack worthy. But uh, yeah, holy crap!
0: So, so the moral of the story this week is: don't do things that are going to get you tased. Yeah, just don't get tased. Yeah, don't get tased. That's yeah. uh, that's a good one.
1: Oh, cool, Mitchell well good on you brother oh yeah good guess you have become a master of numero de los muertos that
0: is right that is right um so that was this week's numero Numero de de los muertos all right let's jump into the lightning round and the lightning round brought to us by our friends at jc newman cigar company america's oldest family-owned premium cigar maker creators of the popular brick house Perla Del Mar, Diamond Crown and the American J.C. Newman Cigar Company operates out of their 112 year old El Rolo Cigar Factory in historic Cigar City, Tampa, Florida. For more information on their cigars or visitor experience, visit jcnewman.com. All right. So, Tim, if you could hear the thoughts of one living person for 10 minutes, who would it be and why? Hmm.
2: <clears throat> yeah, you know, I've always been a big kind of um, fan of the Dalai Lama. I just mm. find that it's his, uh, uh, his state of mind and how he gets to that state of mind to be interesting. So I would probably say him. Yeah, I love it. Um, Yeah. I mean, you know, I was uh, listening to a bunch of audiobooks during the pandemic, and I listened to one um, of him and uh, Desmond Tutu that I thought was really interesting. And to hear about the Dalai Lama and, and, you know, his practice of meditation and how he gets himself into the frame of mind to be, you know, really kind of. And, and what he says, and he thinks, and he does, to be really kind of uh, beautiful, yeah. and unifying, unifying, and peaceful, and kind of universal. So probably Very him. Cool.
1: Do you remember the name of that book?
2: I think it was called like the art of the the art of joy, I believe. Okay. I think that's right. The art of nice. joy, or not joyful living? Something with joy in it. I believe right. it might have been like the art of joy.
1: Okay. I'm on it.
0: So on a completely dissimilar note, <laughs> if you were about to get into a fight, what would your soundtrack music be?
2: <laughs> it would probably be Enter Sandman. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. Great guess. You're a great, great choice. I love great it. choice. Great choice.
2: I mean, um, right? I mean that that that. I mean that's. Oh That, yeah. gets, that gets you fired it. up, right? Yes.
0: Yeah. Okay, so choose one of the following. You could hit a home run as a starting pitcher. You could score a touchdown as a defensive lineman. You could score a goal in a hockey game as the goalie, or score a goal in a soccer game as the goalie.
2: Score a goal in a soccer game as the goalie.
0: Nice, coast to coast. I mean, very rare.
2: Yeah, that would just be, especially like watching the World Cup right now. I mean, that would be. Can you imagine?
0: Oh, I mean, I, I, I think, I, it's, it's hardly ever that it's happened. I mean, in yeah. especially in, you know, the top levels of soccer around the
1: world.
2: Yeah. It's, no, it would, it's be, it, would be, it would be, it would be, it would be unbelievable.
1: Uh, And for those who care, it is called The Book of Joy, Lasting Happiness in a Changing World.
2: Yeah, so can I just tell you that um, I have a 14-year-old son that I told you about earlier who plays hockey. And, uh, I mean, he, like, his whole identity has been wrapped around uh, uh, sports, and he tore his ACL, uh, like, about a year and a half ago playing soccer, some kid slide tackled him from behind and uh, he heard a pop and he tore his ACL. And it was right around the time that I was listening to that book and the Dalai Lama said something in that book that I immediately used for him. And it's become, I think a very useful lesson for him is that like something to the degree of, you know, when, and again, it was from that book where he said, "When there's, uh, with every adversity comes an opportunity. And yeah. so I thought that was a really and they go more into like examples of what that means but um, but for my my kid, I said, you know like look, you've been not able to like forge normal relationships with your classmates at school because you're always having to go to these hockey trips and stuff like that. You haven't been able to really kind of like I mean he was he was doing fine at school, but I mean not not a real ch- kind of chance to figure out. Besides sports or hockey, like what else is about are you about? What else? What else do you like? So he did, he did. I think that that quote really kind of helped him and it helped me as a parent.
0: Absolutely. Uh, do you want to do the yeah, yeah, all right, do it.
1: All right, Tim, the zombies are coming, Mm. (laughs) you get. Three draft picks from the cigar industry to be on your zombie apocalypse survival team. Who are the three that you choose, and why? <laughs>
2: well, this sounds kind of like uh, you know dis- maybe disappointing, but I would choose the three compadres that I work with now. Uh, you know, if I had to choose four, I would choose uh. uh Mike, John, Adam, and McGill.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice.
0: Love it. Not bad answers at all.
1: No, that's a good time right there.
0: Yeah, you got to be with uh, people who can protect you and people who you can just... Uh, and family. And
2: people who you know very well.
0: Yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely. All right, so let's jump into this week's notable smokable and on how about that cigar notable smokable brought to us by Luciano cigars, notable cigars, notable passion, notable purpose. Uh, So Tim, each week on the show, we name a cigar that we smoked recently that was notable to us. Now it could be a cigar that's been on the market for decades that we maybe just smoked for the first time in a very long time, or it could be a cigar that we just tried for the first time ever. Uh, Obviously you're smoking a lot of your own stuff, but Have you had a chance recently to smoke something outside of your brand that really caught your interest?
2: Uh, Well, um, yes, actually. And again, not to be, um, well, I'm just going to say it. I smoked uh, a pledge by Ernesto Perez Carrillo that I thought Mm. was an amazing cigar like shockingly amazing i mean the um the first few puffs of it just were like bang yeah you know i mean it's just it's a masterpiece of a cigar i think
0: i agree i love that cigar. absolutely love that cigar yep, it, it, it was it was definitely uh worthy of of uh number one Definitely. Yep.
2: There are others, there are others that I smoke. I mean, I, I listen, I, I don't like to talk badly or negatively about it, anyone or anything, but I mean, there are others that I smoked that had a lot of accolades that I thought were disappointing, which I won't name, but I thought that the pledge was it
0: delivered. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What was your notable this week, Garrett?
1: So our buddy at uh, Smolder Lucas gave me a Tatawahe Emmy OG.
0: Oh wow, the back in the foil pack days. Nice. Bro. Yeah. Still after Smoked all these it years. last
1: night and I wanted to rub it on my body. <laughs> it was it was delicious.
0: I recommend smoking them, but
1: yeah you could do I, whatever. Yeah, and I, I went mean. I went that way. I went that way with it.
0: Mine was my notable this week was actually kind of a throwback. Um I I was at Soty's, like I said, on Friday and I picked up a handful of cigars and one of them I reached for the old tried and true Oliva Connecticut Reserve. And it's a it's a great price point. It's a nice mild cigar that's still got some flavor to it. You know, it's it's just a it's one of those cigars that you I had forgotten about, honestly, and I smoked it for the first time probably in a few years um and it's just a nice mild yep yet flavorful cigar so um you know i i was i don't want to say i was surprised because i remember enjoying it you know back in the day but it's uh it's just a nice blend that again price point super low so that was a nice one this week uh so that was this week's notable smokables brought to us by luciano cigars improving lives through fine cigars Visit Lucianosigars.com to learn more. So we have some coming attractions on how about that cigar that we have coming up in the next few weeks. And those are brought to us by AJ Fernandez born and raised in Cuba. AJ Fernandez now produces unparalleled premium cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua. The AJ Fernandez portfolio of cigars provides blend strength and flavor profiles to match the preferences of any premium cigar consumer, whether it's new world, Diaz de Gloria, San Latano, Enclave, or Bayas Artes. You are sure to be satisfied with a premium cigar from AJ Fernandez. So next week on the 5th of December, I can't believe it's December already. I know, up. man. Uh, we have Juan Lugo from Don Doroteo Cigars, a fun up and coming new brand. Uh, and then on the 12th of December, this is so exciting. We have live here in Minnesota, none other than Cigar Coop himself, William Cooper. So very excited to visit with Coop live. Uh, And then closing out the year on the 19th, we're going to do our yearly uh, year-in-review show where we're going to go through the box you see behind us, the right there, the Been There, Smoke That box that my wife made for us. That's I put cigar bands in that box all year long, and we're going to open up the box and look at all the bands and talk about things and, and look back at some of the big, big events and stories from 2022. Uh, so Tim, if you would, please give our viewers and listeners where uh, an idea, of where is the best place for them to keep up with everything that Oz family cigars has going on?
2: Well, we don't have a website right now, so I would suggest our Instagram page. We have one that's, you know, at Oz family cigars and another one. That's my personal page uh, at Tim Osgener. So uh, both of those probably the best places to go right now, or you could go to the crown heads webpage and that tells you of like any sort of like in-store promotions and events that we have coming up, which those will start next year.
0: Fantastic. Awesome. Tim, we had an absolute blast talking yeah, to you man. tonight, brother. So thank you so much for being our guest on how about that cigar live.
2: Matt and Garrett. Thank you very much. I had a blast talking to you guys too. You guys are awesome. Great hosts, great, uh, chemistry. So it's my pleasure. It. We look forward to doing it again.
1: All awesome. right. We look forward to it.
0: So viewers and listeners, guys, thanks again so much for watching live on Facebook and YouTube tonight. If you're listening after the fact on the audio podcast, thanks again so much for making us a part of your podcast rotation. Uh, if you guys have questions for any of us, you can email us on the website. cigar.com. Make sure to find us on Facebook and like and follow. Find us on YouTube and subscribe to the page so you don't miss anything we have going on. Follow us on all social media at HBT Cigar. And of course, until we see you guys next time, burn cigars, not bridges. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody.